Section 29 of Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tina Jong Link. Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 2. Section 29. Excerpts from the Makamat by Al-Hariri of Basra. The Prayer of El-Hariri. From the Makamat of El-Hariri of Basra. Translation of Theodore Preston. We praise thee, O God, for whatever perspicuity of language thou hast taught us, and whatever eloquence thou hast inspired us with, as we praise thee for the bounty which thou hast diffused, and the mercy which thou hast spread abroad, and we pray thee to guard us from extravagant expressions and frivolous superfluities, as we pray thee to guard us from the shame of incapacity and the disgrace of hesitation, and we entreat thee to exempt us from temptation by the flattery of the admirer or connivance of the indulgent, as we entreat thee to exempt us from exposure to the sight of the detractor or aspersion of the defamer, and we ask thy forgiveness, should our frailties betray us into ambiguities, as we ask thy forgiveness, should our steps advance to the verge of improprieties, and we beg thee freely to bestow propitious succour to lead us aright, and a heart turning in unison with truth, and a language adorned with veracity, and style supported by conclusiveness, and accuracy that may exclude incorrectness, and firmness of purpose that may overcome caprice, and sagacity whereby we may attain discrimination, that thou wilt aid us by the guidance unto right conceptions, and enable us with thy help to express them with clearness, and thou wilt guard us from error and narration, and keep us from folly even in pleasantry, so that we may be safe from the censure of sarcastic tongues, and secure from the fatal effects of false ornament, and may not resort to any improper source, and occupy no position that would entail regret, nor be assailed by any ill consequences of blame, nor be constrained to apology for inconsideration. O God, fulfill for us this our desire, and put us in possession of this our earnest wish, and exclude us not from thy ample shade, nor leave us to become the prey of the devourer. For we stretch to thee the hand of entreaty, and profess entire submission to thee, and contrition of spirit, and seek with humble supplication and appliances of hope, the descent of thy vast grace and comprehensive bounty. The words of Harith ibn Haman, from the Makamat of Al-Hariri of Bara, translation of Theodore Preston. On a night whose aspect displayed both light and shade, and whose moon was like a magic circlet of silver, I was engaged in evening conversation at Kofa, with companions who had been nourished on the milk of eloquence. So the charms of conversation fascinated us, while wakefulness still prevailed among us, until the moon had at length disappeared in the west. But when the gloom of night had thus drawn its curtain, and nothing but slumber remained abroad, we heard from the door the low call of a benighted traveller, and then followed the knock of one seeking admission. And we answered, Who comes here this darksome evening? And the stranger replied, 
Listen ye who here are dwelling, may you so be kept from ill, so may mischief ne'er befall you, long as life your breast shall fill. Gloom of dismal night and dreary drives a wretch to seek your door, whose dishevelled hoary tresses all with dust are sprinkled o'er, who though destitute and lonely, far has roamed on hill and dale, till his form become thus crooked, and his cheek thus deadly pale who though faint as slender crescent, ventures here for aid to sue, hospitable meal and shelter, claiming first of all from you. Welcome then to food and dwelling, one so worthy both to share, sure to prove content and thankful, sure to lord your friendly care. Fascinated then by the sweetness of his language and delivery, and readily inferring what this prelude betokened, we hastened to open the door, and received him with welcome, saying to the servant, Heich, heich, bring whatever is ready. But the stranger said, By him who brought me to your abode, I will not taste of your hospitality, unless you pledge to me that you will not permit me to be an encumbrance to you, nor impose on yourselves necessity of eating on my account. Now it was just as if he had been informed of our wishes, or had shot from the same bow as our sentiments. So we gratified him by acceding to the condition, and highly commended him for his accommodating disposition. But when the servant had produced what was ready, and the candle was lighted up in the midst of us, I regarded him attentively, and lo, it was Abu Zayed. Whereupon I addressed my companions in these words, May you have joy of the guest who has repaired to you, for though the moon of the heavens has set, the full moon of poetry has arisen, and though the moon of the eclipse has disappeared, the full moon of eloquence has shone forth. So the wine of joy infused itself into them, and sleep fell away from the corners of their eyes. And they rejected the slumber which they had contemplated, and began to resume the pleasantry which they had laid aside, while Abu Zayed remained intent on the business in hand. But as soon as he desired the removal of what was before him, I said to him, Entertain us with one of thy strange anecdotes, or with an account of one of thy wonderful journeys. And he said, The result of long journeys brought me to this land, myself being in a state of hunger and distress, and my wallet light as the heart of the mother of Moses. So I arose, when dark night had settled on the world, though with weary feet to seek a lodging, or obtain a loaf, till being driven on by the instigation of hunger, and by fate, so justly called the parent of adventures, I stood at the door of a house, and improvised these words. Inmates of this abode, all hail, all hail, long may you live in plenty's verdant vale. O grant your aid to one by toil oppressed, wayworn, benighted, destitute, distressed, whose tortured entrails only hunger hold, for since he tasted food, Two days are told, a wretch who finds not where to lay his head, though brooding night her weary wing hath spread, but roams in anxious hope a friend to meet, whose bounty like a spring of water sweet, may heal his woes, a friend who straight will say, Come in, tis time thy staff aside to lay. But there came out to me a boy in a short tunic, who said, by him who hospitable rights ordained, and first of all and best, those rights maintained, I swear that friendly converse and a home 
is all we have for those who nightly roam. And I replied, What can I do with an empty house, and a host who is himself thus utterly destitute? But what is thy name, boy? For thy intelligence charms me. He replied, My name is Zaid, and I was reared at Faid. And my mother, Bara, who is such as her name implies, told me she married one of the nobles of Sarong and Gassan, who deserted her stealthily, and there was an end of him. Now I know by these distinct signs that he was my child, but my poverty deterred me from discovering myself to him. Then we asked if he wished to take his son to live with him, and he replied, If only my purse were heavy enough, it would be easy for me to undertake the charge of him. So we severally undertook to contribute a portion of it, whereupon he returned thanks for this our bounty, and was so profusely lavish in his acknowledgments that we thought his expression of gratitude excessive. And as soon as he had collected the coin into his scrip, he looked at me as the deceiver looks at the deceived, and laughed heartily, and then indicted these lines. O oh, thou who deceived, by a tale has believed a mirage to be truly a lake, though I ne'er had expected my fraud undetected, or doubtful my meaning to make. I confess that I lied when I said that my bride and my firstborn were Bara and Zaid, but guile is my part, and deception my art, and by these are my gains ever made. Such schemes I devised at the cunning and wise, never practised the like or conceived, nor asmi nor comite any wonders relate, like those that my wiles have achieved. But of these I disdain, I abandon my gain, and by fortune at once am refused. Then pardon their use, and accept my excuse, nor of guilt let my guile be accused. Then he took leave of me, and went away from me, leaving in my heart the embers of lasting regret. End of section 29. Recording by Tina Jong Link.